Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Baseball Notes podcast, and today's guest is a little bit out of the box, right? Not a baseball or softball person in particular, but we have Charlie Jabbly, a.k.a. Charlie Rocket, and this was a recording from um, one of our private mastermind calls this summer, and it's so good, I just wanted to share it with everyone else, and so Charlie is a very accomplished person. He's won Grammys, and he's become a professional athlete, and he was not a natural fit for either one of those, but his attitude towards failure is something that is just absolutely mind-blowing, really. It's just so impressive and something that we can take onto the baseball and softball fields or any area of life. And be sure to follow him online too at Charlie Rocket on Instagram and TikTok. Has a massive following there. I think he's got 5 million on TikTok, about 3 million on Instagram. He and his team are going around on the dream machine, making dreams come true, sort of a, a real-life make-a-wish. And so just a really impressive people and just a fantastic story, and I hope you like it. And without further ado, here is Charlie Rocket. Yeah, I figure maybe just to get started with, with you is just to give everybody a little bit of background. Like, you're from Atlanta, right? And mm-hmm. how'd you get started in the music industry? Is that where you say, you know, your, your real path to success got started, right? You know, what's interesting and why I even asked what the average age is of, of, the, of the kids on the call is because around that age is when I buried my dream. I feel like each and every one of us was born with a dream and there are things we, we like, there's things we don't like, but then there's that one thing that lights our soul on fire. And we didn't really choose it. We just knew when we saw it, that was it. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about dreams is it's the thing that like gives us purpose to wake up in the morning, that thing we want to obsess over. And unfortunately, when some of us get older, like myself, like when I was in middle school, my dream was to be an athlete. I love basketball. That was that's what I loved. I couldn't help it, even though I was overweight even though I was slow, even though, you know, I was getting to that age where everybody around me would become way more athletic than I was. And so I had to start making a decision. Am I going to keep chasing this dream or am I going to do something more realistic? And I buried my dream. I gave up on my dream of being an athlete. I gave up and it was a gift. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't a gift. But it comes full circle. So everybody listening, I want to take y'all on a little journey. And in this speech, talking to you guys and in this conversation, I want to talk to y'all about possibilities. Because if you told me when I was 11 years old, sitting in my homeroom class, let's say like a a little voice from the future came up to me and said, Charlie, one day you're going to be in a commercial, a Nike commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. I would be like, what? How? And then that same little voice from the future said, Charlie, one day you're going to work with people like Kanye West and Drake and Soldier Boy and Nicki Minaj. I I would be like, what? How? how? Like that voice from the future, I'd be like, how is how how do I do all that? 
Remember that voice in the future said, you're going to win a Grammy and you're going to win an Emmy and you're going to tour all over the world and you're going to become this light of making dreams come true. I was like, hold on, how long is it going to take me to do all these things? And guys, I'm 34 years old, so I'm relatively young, not that much older than you guys. But what we're going to talk about today is possibilities. It's my favorite word in the entire English language or any language, the word possibilities, because I have been fortunate enough in my life to experience every single dream that I've ever thought of, even the dream that I buried. So I want to take y'all back when I buried my dream and I decided, you know what? I can't be an athlete. Let me become a, a businessman. Now, in Atlanta, Georgia, being a businessman for me was music industry. That was the type of businessman I wanted to be. All my friends started making music. I asked my mom. I said, can I put a studio in my bedroom? She said, yes. Next thing you know, like all these kids are over at the house recording music. I asked my mom for a camera for Christmas because I wanted to start making music videos. Next thing you know, I'm building a website. I'm being ambitious. I said, if I want to be a businessman, I'm going to give myself a superhero name. And I gave myself a name called CEO Charlie. That's what my friends knew me as. That's what I identified as. I said, I'm going to be rich. If I'm not going to be an athlete, I at least got to be rich and successful. And next thing you know, I'm, uh, I'm in high school and my business was doing okay. I wasn't making any money, but my business was pretty popular. I, was, uh, I had a website called spitchogame.com. And uh, in Atlanta, there were all these artists who made like dance music. Uh, Y'all might have heard of somebody named Soldier Boy. Um, actually, tomorrow, it's kind of a full circle moment for me because tomorrow we're making a dream come true with Soldier Boy. But Soldier Boy is actually a pretty big part of this story because when I was in high school, he was a fan of the work I was doing. Um, he was he was on this website called MySpace. Y'all might be a little too young for it, but it was um, it was like Instagram, you know, 15 years ago, and. Uh, when it was time for me to graduate high school, my mom, she said to me, she said, if you don't, if you don't go to college, you got to pay rent. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to college <laughs> because I, I don't, I don't have enough money to pay rent. I think that was her way of making sure I went to college. Um, so I ended up going to college and I was just buying time. And uh, I ended, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from Interscope Records. This was a big record label that Soldier Boy signed to. And they said they wanted me to go on tour with their newest artist, who was Soldier Boy. He had, he had specially requested me. And I knew that this was going to be my big moment as a businessman. Like to be on a world tour with, you know, the hottest new artist in the country. And uh, the gentleman who called me, his name was Brian Washington. And I'll never forget that day, you know, like that's the cool thing about growing up and being ambitious and chasing dreams is there's always that moment where everything changes forever. That's what that's why we dream. You know, it's like in sports, it's that 
you know, bottom of the ninth, you know, home run, you know, in business is getting that phone call, you know, it's that moment that you'll never forget. And this was my moment. And I had to ask my mom if I could drop out of school and go on tour. And she gave me her blessings. She said, when a, when a door opens up, you got to walk through it. And I was very grateful that she believed in my dream. So for everybody on this call, always support other people's dreams, even if it doesn't make any sense. My mom was very scared for me. She, she said, she said, you got to take this opportunity. And the next thing you know, I'm all across the world with Soldier Boy. Um, I'm his cameraman. It was, it was my big, big opportunity. And, you know, next thing you know, we're performing at the VMAs with Kanye West and we're, you know, flying three cities a day. And, uh, you know, about six months into it, I, I ended up getting fired. But I ended up back in my mom's basement and I had to start all over. My dream was ripped away. And I told my mom, she said, are you sad? I said, I said, no. She, she said, what do you mean? I said, I'm on a winning streak. She's like, what are you talking about? You're on a winning streak. I was like, mom, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. See, when you're dealing with a situation, you could look at it as, a bad thing or a good thing, but it's a choice. I looked at it as this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me because the cameraman isn't the one getting rich. The managers of these artists are the ones that are getting rich. So I said, you know what? Me getting fired was great because now I'm about to be a manager, ma, and I'm going to manage rappers and I'm going to be rich and I'm going to buy you a house one day. The cameraman isn't buying their mom a house, but the manager is. So she said, what do you know about managing rappers? I said, I'm going to be the best in the world. Now, guys, I'm a delusional optimist. I'm talking about delusional. I'm going to think everything is good, even if everything is bad. I'm only going to see the beautiful things in life because we only have one life. This is, this is not our practice life. This is our only one. And am I going to live this one being sad? No. I'm going to look at the possibilities in every situation. And that has been my secret to achieving all the things that I've achieved. Now, I was dealt a bad hand. One, my dream as an athlete. I was dealt a bad hand by being overweight short, slow, and unathletic. I was dealt a bad hand when I got fired with Soldier Boy. But in each and every part of my journey, I said, no, this is a winning streak. Who, when you're in life, and do you want to win or lose? Same thing in sports. There's only one, only one uh, objective is to win. And so I make a choice to win every day. So I ended up managing an artist. Sorry, I found this girl group. And I, I signed them. And I was their manager. And I got them a record deal with Interscope Records. And I was back on top. I was back on top. My, my, my mentality was working. I was, I was able to overcome getting fired from Soldier Boy. I signed a girl group. I got them a record deal. And about three or four months in, they fired me. I was right back to my mom's basement, but you might be wondering, why did they fire you? And it was because 
when you're in the music industry, I was, first of all, I was, I was 19 years old at the time and they didn't fire me because I was doing anything wrong. They fired me because they wanted a big industry manager. So there was this big R&B singer, her name is Sierra. Um, she's um, now married to uh, Russell Wilson and uh, she was a big R&B singer. And, and this girl group left me for her manager. And um, I was right back to my mom's basement and, and my mom, she knows me. She's like, all right, are you sad? I said, nope. I'm on a winning streak. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to see how you're going to pull through this one. And I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. See, I signed a girl group before, but now I need to sign a guy group because I want to be able to take them to the nightclubs and perform and have those songs with the beats that are pounding. Y'all, y'all know, like I want one of those I want one of those groups where it's like the clubs are just jumping to the music. I was like, this is an opportunity. This is, this is the best thing that could happen to me. And I found this group called Travis Porter. And I, my, attitude, my attitude never wavered. I kept a positive attitude about any bad situation. And Travis Porter took off. I mean, it was, it was lightning. It was absolute lightning. And I was finally making some serious money, guys. Like I was, I was winning. I was literally winning. Like I fought through all the bad things. And we had the num we had three top 10 songs in the country without a record deal. Every record label in the country wanted to sign us. And uh, you know, I had finally made it. I had finally made it and I discovered this artist named Two Chains. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Two Chains, but I mean that's just when my career took off to a whole nother level. I mean, we 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 worked with Drake, Kanye West, Nicki Minaj, I mean you name it. We had we've had over 40 million records sold, um, you know, countless number one hits, world tours, and uh at the height of my career. A, a decision I made when I was young came back to haunt me. And um, it was the biggest test of my life. And everything I had worked so hard for seemed as if it was being ripped away from me. But this time, it wasn't me getting fired. This time, it was my health. Y'all remember when I buried my dream of being an athlete? Well, there were some serious consequences with leaving my dream. I had become morbidly obese. I was 300 pounds and I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I had all this money, I had all this success, but I was looking at the end of my life. And I'm just 20, I was 28 years old. And in this moment, I was really struggling finding the winning streak in this. This is the most difficult thing I'm dealing with and how do I find anything positive? Because I don't know where to go. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get any answers for myself. My whole life I've been so positive and um, I, I, would, I, would, I would go on these long walks.
I'll go on these really long walks and I would just pray and I would close my eyes and I would ask for answers. And I remember this one moment in particular where my eyes were closed and I'm in a theater by myself in a theater. I'm just looking at the screen and I was watching my life on the screen. And here was this young kid who was about 11 years old, who buried his dream, who went on to make a lot of money doing something he was good at, but it wasn't his dream, and then he dies. And I said to myself, my story isn't over yet. And I just was, I just kept saying it, my story isn't over yet. Like, my story isn't over yet. And I, and I needed my, 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 the movie on that screen to keep going. And I asked God, I was like, what do I need to do? And it was all about my dream. I had to go fulfill my dream of being an athlete. And I would ask questions. I said, what, what, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm 300 pounds. I'm sick. I'm 28 years old. Like, I can't play for the Lakers. I, I'm, I can't be in the Olympics. What am I, what, what do you mean chase my dream? And I just had to trust. And when I trust the voice that I heard, I started seeing all these visions and I would pull out my notebook. I have this uh, manifestation notebook. It's where I'd write down all my dreams. And I started seeing that I was going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. I started seeing that I was going to be a big time Nike athlete, like a big one. And I would like, I would go into the future and I would see everything that I wanted and visualize it and feel it. And then I would talk to my friends about it, but they would think I'm crazy. They're like, Charlie, what do you mean you're going to be in a commercial with LeBron? You don't play in the NBA. How are you going to do that? I was like, no, I see it. I know it's going to happen. Well, that's the beautiful thing about being a human. We have very special magical powers. Now, in the movies, they'll give like wizards or superheroes magical powers. And those are usually like our favorite movies. But guess why they're our favorite movies? Because... Those superheroes and those wizards and those Harry Potters and those, you know, uh, Spider-Mans, those people are us. Those people are us. And we do have superpowers. And I knew that I could become an athlete. And I gave myself a superhero name. Y'all remember when I wanted to be a businessman? I gave myself a name, CEO Charlie. Well, when I wanted to become an athlete, I gave myself a name, Charlie rocket. And I would dress up as a superhero. And I said, I'm going to achieve my dream. And I lost 130 pounds. I did an Ironman in New Zealand. An Ironman is a, a 2.4 mile swim, which takes about an hour. Then a 112 mile bike ride right after the swim. That took me like nine hours. And then run a full marathon after you do the bike ride for nine hours. And the marathon took like four or five hours. I exercised in New Zealand, swim, bike, run for 16 hours and 41 minutes. And I felt great. You would think I would be dead. When I crossed that finish line, I felt like I had magical powers. 
I rode my bicycle from Los Angeles to New York. I ended up doing five marathons. I was on the cover of the biggest running magazine in the world as an athlete. Me, I got to walk into the airport or a mall and you know where they have magazines and there I am on the cover. I got to start experiencing my dream of being an athlete. And the most magical thing happened to me. All those times I would write down in my notebook that I'm going to be a Nike athlete. And when I saw that I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams, guys, when I say that each and every one of us have the power to create, we are all creators. Let me tell you a little story about what happened with me and Nike. The first thing was, I said, if I'm going to be a Nike athlete, I need to do what Nike athletes do. Most people might think Nike athletes, you know, have to play for the Lakers or, you know, in the Olympics or whatever. But for me, I said, no, Nike athletes, they have Nike clothes on and Nike shoes on and they have Nike commercials. That's it. That's a Nike athlete. And I was like, I can do that. I'm going to go put Nike on and I'm going to make a fan made Nike commercial. And I said to my friends, you know what? Nike's going to see this and they're going to want to sign me. My friends thought I was so freaking crazy, guys. Let me tell you, like crazy. But what did I say? I'm a delusional optimist. I believe everything's possible. I believe I'm on a winning streak. When everybody else is having opinions, I'm busy in the future creating everything I want. That's why I was so fearless to do anything because I already believed it was easy. I believed that it was done already. I believed I was going to be a big manager. I believed I was going to be a Nike athlete. So I actually showed up and I made a fan made Nike commercial and I put it out just on Instagram. I had about 30,000 followers at the time and it went viral. Everybody was saying, this is so inspiring. We want to see you become a Nike athlete. And three days later, I get a phone call. I get a phone call that had an area code. And on the, under the, you know, on the iPhone where it says the city that it's calling from, the city said Beaverton, Oregon. And I don't know if y'all know, but there's only one reason why Beaverton, Oregon phone number would call you because that's where Nike is headquartered. Nike called me and they said, Charlie, we don't know how you did this, but somehow you have managed to get our entire campus at Nike's headquarters in a frenzy. Everybody is fighting over who's gonna bring you here first because they wanna meet with you. Guys, I'm jumping up and down, I'm screaming, I'm freaking yelling, I'm calling all my friends, saying, I told y'all, I told y'all, I was gonna be a Nike athlete. Now, did I know what was gonna happen? No, but I believe. They flew me up to campus. It's their big world headquarters. And uh, I mean, when I got on campus, people were clapping. I mean, when I said I felt like an athlete, now this is the kid who was always the slow one. This was a kid who was overweight. This was a kid that was not athletic. This was the kid who buried his dream 
And that one of the employees walked up to me and he said, Charlie, he whispered in my ear, he said, they're treating you better than they treat LeBron. I was like, why? And so he said, um, they're, they're, they're working on something big because of you. And I was like, because of me? They walked me into this conference room and there were all these TVs with me on it. They had me on the, and there was about 30 people in this conference room. It was like one of those big business meetings. And they said, Charlie, you have inspired us here at Nike to change the direction of where we're taking this company. They said, we forgot at Nike about this one particular word called dreams. And you reminded us that athletes are dreamers. And what happened in that moment, I feel like the world changed because Nike went on to sign over 200 athletes like myself. Athletes that were just dreamers. Athletes who had problems, but didn't give up. Athletes that just believed that it was possible, even though society and their family and friends said, you know what, you probably shouldn't do that. And guys, remember when I would write in my notebook and I'd say, I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams? I remember when all my friends and family thought I was crazy saying, how's that going to be possible? Well, Nike made a commercial and it ended up becoming the biggest commercial in Nike history. And that commercial was named after me. It was titled Dream Crazy. That was my tagline. And guess who was in that commercial with me? LeBron James and Serena Williams. And I got to experience my dream on the biggest stage. They played that ad during the Super Bowl. And I got to watch myself as an athlete. The same little kid that was inside of me that didn't feel like he was good enough because he, wasn't, he was not athletic. But what did I have? I had a bigger dream. I might not have had the bigger muscles or the faster speed, but I had the biggest dream. And each and every one of us can achieve miraculous things if we believe it's possible, if we dream crazy, if we write it down and we visualize, and if we stay so delusionally optimistic and not listen to anybody's doubts, always listen to people, but never believe what they have to say if it's negative. Your dream is possible. And it's bigger than you'll ever realize if you just keep going. For me, it took a brain tumor to reintroduce me to my dream. My advice to you, don't bury it. Find a way. Find a way and manifest and dream so crazy. Dream so crazy that nobody even understands. It's okay. You don't have, you are not here for people to understand. You are here for your dream. That's why it was already inside of you. So guys, in your lifetime, if you're 11, if you're nine, if you're 13 years old, 
Just know your life can be one of the most interesting lives ever lived, ever. And remember, this is not our practice life. This is our only one. So keep that positive attitude. Always know that you're on a winning streak. When something bad is happening or when somebody tries to bring you down, tell yourself, I'm on a winning streak. Because every bad thing that happened in my life became my greatest gift. Was my brain tumor a bad thing? No. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Was getting fired from Soldier Boy a bad thing? No. Greatest thing that happened to me. When, my, when that first group fired me, was it a bad thing? No. Greatest thing that ever happened to me. When I was overweight, was that, was that a bad thing? No. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So anything bad going in your life, flip it because it'll be your greatest tool, guys. And you'll be on a winning streak for the rest of your life. Ah, man, Charlie, that's so good, dude. Thanks for taking us through that. So such a just incredible story, dude. Like, um, you know, the, I, I can speak to that too a little bit with, you know, I was a baseball player. I was, you know, his age and, and wanted to be in the big leagues, you know what I mean? And I end up playing in college and right on the cusp and draft day comes and I'm just all excited. I'm down in LA. I still know, you know, the apartment down there and uh, 50 rounds come and go. I was supposed to go in about the 10th or 12th round, 50 rounds come and go. Name doesn't get called. My career's over with. And it was like the worst day of my life. Right. So I think, and, uh, just unbelievable. We, we went to LA, uh, last year. I even showed him the parking lot. I, I was like off, uh, Sepulveda and Manchester over there. I was like, that's the parking lot I parked at to cry because I just needed some privacy. And uh, anyway, instead of going to some little town in the minor leagues, I stayed in LA trying to kind of catch on. Well, I met their mom, my now wife, you know what I mean? And so, you know, ended up getting to play a little bit after, you know, a few months later, I signed with the Astros. But, you know, I think as we get older, it's it's easy to have, it's easier to have that perspective of like, hey, these things are happening for us. Like it's just time and time again. And so that's why, you know, I'm excited that these guys to hear your story and every, all these people on the call, you know, cause they're all, you know, you counter bad things. You just think they're bad things. And you don't know that, you know, you do have, they're, they're shaping you, they're building you up. You know what I mean? These are the things that, you know, can really be what is the difference maker in your life. You know what I mean? And so hearing that story, is just really useful, man. I appreciate you being so honest with, with all that, you know what I mean? So, uh, so anyway, and then one thing too, that really struck me was that I remember my first time I heard you talk, there's a, a verse in the Bible. We're always, you know, we go to church here, read the Bible, that type of thing. And there was one verse that talks about, you know, what you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it's yours. Yeah. And so like, it's not just like, Oh, Hey, you know, excuse me if, you know, I have this dream, like I'd like to have this, you know what I mean? But it's just like really taking it a step further. And, you know, I think you're a great example of that, of like, dude, I know what that sounds like. I'm mm -hmm. 300 pounds. And I want to be a Nike athlete. Like I know what that sounds like, but, you know, living with that, you know, conviction or whatever, can you, can you talk a little bit more maybe about like, you know, your process through that, when you talk about your journal, I mean, were you writing in your journal every day? I mean, I think that's important for people to hear. Absolutely. So, guys, remember when I told y'all that you are wizards and you have superpowers? Let's talk about 
Let's talk about this one word in particular. And I know y'all have all heard it. It's called abracadabra. Now, now what, what goes through your mind when you hear the word abracadabra? Do you think about magic? Like, is that, is that what you think about? Like magic? You know, like something's magically going to appear? Well, let me tell you what the word abracadabra means in its origin. It's an it's a Aramic word, and it means, as I speak, I create. Now, how many species on this planet know how to truly create? I mean, a bird knows how to make a nest, and a beaver knows how to make a dam, but that's about it. How many species on this planet can truly create? One. Our words are so powerful that we literally are magicians. And when you speak what you want, now, there's three ways to speak. Do you have, how you speak to yourself, those are your thoughts. How you speak to other people and also how you speak to God. Speaking is so important. And when I say be a delusional optimist, I say it in this way. This is what I'm going to do when I'm telling my friends or I'm telling myself or I'm telling God. This is what I'm going to do. It's going to be easy. It's already mine. And it's just mine. It's mine. It's, I know it's mine. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And it's done. And it's easy. And I'm going to do it. And there's not a chance that I'm not going to do it. That is our magic of just believing so big that when you even tell people, you're not going to be like, well, I'm going to try. Yes, you are going to try. But be careful how you say it. And it's okay to say it weak one time, but every time you say it, get a little bit stronger, get a little bit stronger, get a little bit more positive, get a little bit more confident. And when you ask for something, when you pray for something, you don't always have to ask. You can just go ahead and start saying, thank you. Thank you for already thank you, athlete. Thank you for already giving me all my dreams. You don't have to, you don't have to receive the thing to feel the thing. For example, if I were to um, tell each one of y'all to imagine like slicing a lemon right now and then like take that lemon and like put it in your mouth, like your body might, often just your imagination, your, your mouth might start watering because you can imagine the bitterness. That's just our brain making our body feel something, but that was just our brain just made our body feel something. There was no actual lemon. It was just the thought of it. So if you can feel your dreams coming true, your body will react and the world will react and all the magic will react. So I like going into my notebook. I like going into the future and writing down everything I want. And I do it as much as possible so that I could fully believe it. Now, some people will say, Charlie, you're in la-la land. Yes, I am. Charlie, be realistic. No, I will not. Why? What? Why? Why? Why be realistic? My dream 
is supposed to be fun. Fun might not make sense to you, but it's my dream. So I'm going to live in my la-la land and I am going to put in the work to have what makes sense to me, not what makes sense to you. So I love writing in my notebook and I pray and I manifest and I dream and I see it in my eyes and I feel all the feelings of how good it feels to have everything I want. And you know who else does this? But in a different way is um, Michael Phelps. So Michael Phelps, the most prolific swimmer of all time. What he does is he visualizes in a way where he's studying every single stroke in his mind before the race. Everything. He's seen it in his eyes. He doesn't have to be in that pool for him to run those laps. And you wonder, okay, why has this man broken every record? Why is he the best swimmer? Well, how much of it has to do with his visualization? So for all of us, it's something we could practice more, go into that la-la land more, going into our imagination more, and um, make sure when you speak to people, like if you're going to win a game, tell everybody, abracadabra. Tell them, oh, we're winning this. Oh, watch. I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to be in the MLB. Watch. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And if something bad happens and keeps you away from it, are you going to get upset? No, because I'm on a winning streak. That means something better is on the way. And people are going to be like, oh, you're crazy. Yes. Watch. When you're at that finish line, winning, they're going to be inspired. And they're going to be like, you were right. I'm going to try to do what you're doing. You're going to inspire other people to want to start chasing their dreams too. Yeah, that's so good, man. You hear so many people talk about, uh, you know, journaling or visualization, and it's kind of easy just to walk past it. You know what I mean? Like, ah, that's mm -hmm. just kind of weird. But there's just so many stories like yours where, you know, it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Like why, you know, it wasn't just coincidence. And mm -hmm. there's, there's just really seems like something to it to, to claim your goal and to, you know, to, to not just put in the work, but I mean, just to really believe it, you know, not just be like, ah, you know, I want this big goal, but I mean, I just wrote that down, but it's not going to happen. But just, you know, living from that, that point is, is mm -hmm. uh, really something to it. I hope everybody really hears that. So um, point out, we even got for the kids, you see this, you can you see this from the thing. The abundance bell! <laughs> we got a little bell, you see it, those little ballet things. Uh, we just thought that was such a good, you know, example for the family to, to actually celebrate small wins, you yeah. know, like to talk about a winning streak, like you got a good grade on a test or dinner was good, you know, like yeah. you know, bringing that energy of a win into your day. Cause you have so many, you know what I mean? Like we don't give ourselves enough yeah. credit. Uh, but I wanted to thank you before, before we got off, because that's been, you know, that's something the kids would just go and ring it just because, you know, uh, the smallest of wins. And it's like, heck yeah, we celebrate those in this house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And winners keep on attracting more wins. When you feel like a winner, you start winning more. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, like my philosophy, if I feel like a winner, I'm going to win more. So it just starts with this free thought, a choice. You choose to, to find a win. You know, if I get the green light, I'm winning. You know, if I if if I get the good parking spot at the grocery store, I'm winning. You know, if I get um, you know, anything, I'm winning. 
Like, if I'm able to talk to you guys, I'm winning. Like, I'm able to, you know, call my mom and she answered. You know, like I'm winning. Everything is a winning streak. And then you just start seeing the world more and then you start attracting more wins. Yeah, no, that outlook's awesome, man. We appreciate it. So um, we do have a question in the chat. So we got Baron asking a question. Did anyone help? Did anyone else help motivate you or did you always motivate yourself? You know, I seek motivation constantly. Constantly. For example, um, everybody has a story, um, whether they're famous or not famous. But um, I'll give you an example. So like I got very inspired two days ago when I was with Machine Gun Kelly because I was there when he had a hundred people at his shows. So I actually wanted to sign Machine Gun Kelly 13 years ago and met him outside of a radio station, you know, and now he's performing in front of 20,000 people every single night. He's one of the biggest stars in the world. So you might just hear a Machine Gun Kelly song or follow him on Instagram, but me, I'm always tapping into the motivation. Like, wow, 13 years ago, he started this journey and now he's in front of 20,000. So I'm finding the motivation in him. And I might, I might, you know, follow The Rock or like see, see an interview. And I'm like, what's The Rock story? Wow, he was homeless. Wow, he had $7 in his bank account. Or like Steve Harvey, wow, he slept in his car for two years. Or just like a friend who had overcome something or me, but constantly making every day of your life a little motivational. So people ask me like, was there somebody I looked up to? I look up to everybody. I mean, everybody's got something to be inspired of. So that's how I take my day. And I find, you know, for example, there was somebody who made this cup and sold this cup to Target. And that person might be a millionaire. If I knew who that person was, Googled his name, I guarantee you I could be inspired within 10 minutes. Be like, wow. There's so many different companies that wish Target would sell their cups, but this guy did it. How did he do it? What's his story? So I constantly seek motivation, constantly. You can be inspired by almost anybody if you look for it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So we got a couple more questions here. We got uh, Max is asking, what is your next crazy dream? What are you working on right now? Woo! So guys, let me tell you what I've been doing ever since that Nike dream happened. So when I experienced my dream, when I saw that commercial during the Super Bowl, I said, you know what? I want to dedicate the rest of my life to making other people's dreams come true. I want to give them that dream come true feeling because there are so many people struggling. So many people where like they were in the same spot as me where everything was crashing down and they needed a miracle. So I'll give you an example. This, um, this dream we made come true with Machine Gun Kelly, there was this young lady. She was facing suicidal thoughts for the past 10 years. Her dad died when she was 11. She ended up homeless, living in homeless shelters. And um, her dream was to be a concert photographer. And so when we met her, I, we always asked people, what's your dream? And so... Her favorite artist in the world was Machine Gun Kelly. 
So we made her dream come true. And now she's becoming a big concert photographer in the course of two weeks. She's getting books. She met her favorite artist. She's, she shot his photographs for his concert. She shot another concert in LA and other bands are hitting her up. So my big dream now is to create a movement, a movement in this world where dreamers like us are lifting up other dreamers and we're helping other dreamers. So every single day I tour across the country and I ask people what their dreams are and we try to make them come true. And my biggest dream, by the time I'm off of this earth, I wanna make a million dreams come true. I wanna be a new type of millionaire because I, got, I was fortunate enough to make a million dollars in my life, but that didn't give me full happiness. It gave me a little bit, I'm not gonna lie to you. Having a million dollars is fun. But I said, I wanna be a new type of millionaire. I wanna make a million dreams come true. I don't know if anybody's ever done that on earth, but I'm gonna do it first. Man, that's a good one. That is a big dream right there, man. I don't think uh, I don't think anybody on this call is gonna bet against you right now. So <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, if any of y'all have followed Charlie's work online, Instagram and TikTok, they document a lot of the stuff that they're doing. And that's not just hollow words. I mean, you got uh, the, the bus, the dream machine that y'all are taking around. And mm -hmm. I mean, not just, just you know, asking a random Starbucks employee what their dream is. And then three days later, they're uh, shooting hoops with Steph Curry or somebody, mm -hmm. you know, somebody they believe in, you know? So, I mean, it's really impressive watching you and inspiring watching, you know, what you're doing out there. So we appreciate y'all on that one. Yes. Um, anyway, man, we're about at the end of our hour. So I want to be respectful of your time. So any last uh, parting words you want to share with the audience before you go, before we wrap it up? Absolutely. So everybody, I want there to be this new word that y'all add to y'all's vocabulary. Actually, two words. One, possibilities. But two, this word called easy. I want you to believe in your mind that everything you want will be easy. Yes, you're going to have to work hard for it. But I want you to always say to yourself, it's going to be easy. Because if you believe it's going to be hard, it will be. If you believe it's going to be easy, it will be. It's what you believe. I believed being the Nike athlete would be easy. If I thought it would be a hard process, I probably would have never even attempted. When you're in school, do you want to go to the easy class or the hard class? Come on, be honest. Which one do you want to go to? The easy class. You want to go to the gym class. It's easy for you, where maybe algebra is a little bit harder. But for the person who likes algebra, they want to go to that class. So always tell yourself that what you want is going to be easy, and you're going to want to show up. All right, guys? That's good stuff, Charlie. That's great, man. We put the notes in there. Possibilities, and it's going to be easy. I like that. That's the right yeah. mindset right there, right? So. Um, I love it. So everybody make sure you're following at Charlie on Instagram, uh, TikTok. Like I said, some really inspiring stuff. What do you guys say to Charlie? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, pretty good stuff, man. We appreciate you being here. And uh, yeah, we'll holler at you. If any of y'all missed some of this call or be on the replay. And uh, Charlie, again, man, thanks for having us. We appreciate you very much. Thank you, man. All right. Good deal. All right. We'll holler at you later. All right, everybody. Have a good day.